0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth here, Joe Nagy, my co-host in front of me, and we have a great show lined up on this very cold third morning of February.
1: Yeah, it took me forever to scrape off my car this morning, and, like, I drive a really old truck, and so the heat does not work. So I was Oof. seeing my breath the whole ride from my house to campus. So it was the worst.
0: Good old Michigan winters, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, you love it. But we got a great show today for you all. Quick Ferris Sports Report. Then we got NCAA football. The video game is coming back. Oof. Super excited to talk about that a little bit. Also, college basketball recap over the past week since we didn't get to talk about that too much Monday. And then, finally, we got Super Bowl predictions for Sunday. We talked a little bit about that Monday, but nonetheless, we still want to talk Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, but first... We have an exclusive interview with Ferris State women's basketball player Caden Blanchard. So, without further ado, here's the interview.
1: Welcome everyone to the interview section of the podcast today. Today we have a very special guest, Caden Blanchard on the show. Thank you so much for joining
0: us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so um, I think the first question, um, Caden, is um, what's it been like playing in this, this COVID environment, how it's so much different than probably experienced in the past, like especially for you in high school basketball when we really didn't know COVID existed. How has that changed, Ben?
2: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of differences. Uh, except There's no fans. I mean the atmosphere is a lot different in there and you're really just like, I mean it's supposed to be all about you playing like for you and for your team anyway and for like the school you're representing but it is a lot different without any fans or like family there supporting you but I mean just getting to be out there and playing is like the positive I guess.
1: Yeah, a lot of adversity that you got to face. I don't think a lot of people know that you actually turned down a D1 offer from Niagara to come here. What kind of made you choose Ferris over Niagara?
2: Um, There's quite a few reasons. Uh, Niagara was a little bit farther away. I wanted to be close to home, but like far enough away that I had my own space, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, sure, sure. Um, and then I always joke about when I came here... Ever, the, you guys are known for the rock i guess and which (laughs) isn't really right now because of covid so other people can't go in there but on my visit i swear i walked in there i was like wow this is what i'm going to be eating every day like this is good for me the the food really got me but um yeah and then uh pre-med major because i want to be a chiropractor so that that fit with me too
0: Nice. Um I know that um when you originally committed, um, you were you committed to Coach Kendra who obviously um left after last season and replaced by Coach Kurt. How's that change been a little bit? How how long has it been um getting to groove with Kurt Coach Kurt now rather than expecting Coach Kendra?
2: Yeah, it was um, a big surprise when we found out that Kendra wasn't going to be here anymore. And, you know, at first, all the negative thoughts are, like, coming to your mind. Like, oh, gosh, like a new coach. Like, what what about this? What about this? But I think he's done a really good job about trying to – about getting us together as a team and, like, trying to make connections with us. And the only part that sucks is, like, we couldn't do a lot of in-person stuff. So all the stuff about getting to know your coach and everything took even longer because we didn't get to even meet him really sure. until mm-hmm. we had this one team bonding thing. And then um, – but I think that we're all comfortable with him now and he's not comfortable with us. And even at the beginning, like when we started playing games, I don't think we were even there. And I think we're still growing, but it's definitely got a lot better.
1: Yeah, a lot of things that you have to overcome. And obviously, it being second semester now, you've probably found a groove a little bit, kind of with classes, able to figure out your schedule. What was it when you first moved away from home and came to Ferris, like playing without any fans? What was uh, the toughest aspect of having to assimilate to college?
2: Um, for the basketball aspect or school? A little bit of both. Both. Okay. For basketball, I would say probably the speed and like strength of everyone else on the court. Uh, being a, like a senior in high school, like your the strongest you're the fastest at this point you have the most experience and then when you come to college you're the newbie again and just uh the court's bigger where i was talking to my coach yesterday i didn't realize that a uh, high school game's only 32 minutes long and i in some of our games played 38 minutes so i've played For longer at a faster pace and with stronger people like than I've ever done before. But I think that um all the conditioning and strength training we did before the season has really helped me to like accommodate to that, I guess. And then school aspect would just be the workload. I have so much more homework than I have (laughs) in high school. Which I think everyone probably does, but especially being a pre med major, like um, I have 8 a.m. every day, and I'm up till midnight doing homework, so just trying to balance sleep and homework, I think, is the biggest change.
0: Yeah, pre-med... <laughs> hats off to you that's a that's a tough task i can guarantee you that um going into the your first season obviously with the bulldogs um you have a really big role you're starting pretty much i would say uh, i don't know what you'd consider it a one or a two but in that range with mallory in the backcourt um averaging 21 points pretty impressive um how has it changed over ben um as far as basketball with this team and this new coach and how everything has gone so far this season
2: um, Well, I came in thinking that I was going to be playing like a combo guard, which is what I'm still playing. And what I like to play, I like to get like a little bit of everything because I I think I have like in my bag ability to score from different positions. And then being able to read the floor from different positions, too, is nice. Uh, but I think that I love playing with Mal and the rest of my teammates. But I think that me and Mal just work so well together and like we can read each other really well, which and then just... uh getting in like the plays there the offense that coach has us into like i think really helped extenuate my game i would say
1: yeah and uh you probably have one of the biggest games coming up this weekend uh it's honestly one of the biggest rivalries in d2 sports and probably in the gliac right now the Anchorbone classic what are you looking forward to uh for this historic matchup And once the team kind of ready and what's kind of the uh the vibe i guess for this week
2: I think we're all pretty excited. I mean, coming in as a Frenchman, you don't really know, like, what to expect as much, but um, our teammates have been telling like us about it, so we're getting really excited and pumped for it, but... Um, a rivalry is always a rivalry. It's going to be a good game, you know, no matter what. And even though there's no fans out there, I'm sure it's still going to be like a very intense atmosphere. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited to get to play with my team and spend time with them in it. Yeah, awesome. we're
0: we're really looking forward to that game. But um, final question. Um, a really common question that we ask all of our interviewees on the show. It's a pretty simple one, but a very very in depth question. What do you like most about Ferris? Hmm
2: i would say probably the people uh my team i just I couldn't ask for a better team. I hear about other people like in my grade who are off to college and they're not having the same experience. I mean, I just feel bad. Everyone on my team, we all get along so well, and like we always want to like hang out with each other and uh, like just spend the extra time with each other. We're never like forced to do anything, and then we're always there for each other at the end of the day. So
0: that's awesome. Well, Caden, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with us, and we we really we really really wish you the best of luck against Grand Valley on Saturday and Sunday.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Once again, thank
1: you so much to Caden Blanchard for coming on the show and taking some time out of her busy schedule to talk with us. So once again, thank you, Caden. But to get into Ferris State sports right now, hockey played yesterday. Uh, they added another L to the column, unfortunately, against Michigan Tech. But, I mean, it was a home game. They lost 6-4. to four. I mean, what else can we really say?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really kind of following the narrative of the season just – Really young team, really just trying to figure out and get some momentum, and it's tough to do against all of these great hockey programs. And I mean, Michigan Tech has been known for playing very good hockey over the last five, ten years at least, and even their program historically has been one of the best. But I mean, really, it's it's really hard to put into words like what needs to what what we need to have change, and it's it's just been rough because it we haven't found. I mean, really, the trying game. Was it was so good because we finally got something rolling and we finally found some hey there's some positive insight on this season with with that win and it's just it's just been really tough we've played with a lot of teams like we're we're not going we're not going out in the classic like oh and, and twelve fashion like you see in like the NFL yeah. where everybody's there's a lot getting of games blown out. by one goal yeah we're in almost every game like I don't know exactly like we were in this game for the most part we were down I believe it was one. One nothing after the first period. Um, mm-hmm. Then it was two. I believe it was four to two, and then we ended up clawing back. I believed within one, and then they kind of just shut the door at the very yeah. end. On a, I think it was an. Um, yeah, seven
1: seven games of ours have been within one or two goals, and yeah. near the end, you, near the end, you know, it's either gotta be through through a through an open net or something like that. So we're literally just one one mistake, one little misplay or whatever, from being. Five hundred rather than one in thirteen.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really tough. We just need to find something. But I mean, we, we still we still have a lot of promising pieces. I know we said that a lot on the show, but it really is. I mean, we've got guys that are really are really doing a great job of being able to still keep us in these games because we had we have a lot of opportunities to like we we were outshot in this game a lot. It was thirty three to nineteen on the scorecard, and Michigan Tech did a great job on power plays, three for five, and that that really did kill us. Was we just had. They took advantage of their opportunities, and we did not. On the other side, we were one for five. But it, we do. There is, there is some positives out of this. I mean, I mean, Ethan Stewart's been playing really well. I believe he had two points last night on two assists. Um, Marshall Moyes had a power play goal. Cole Norris, new captain, he's got himself a goal last night. Uh, Jake Transit and Mitch Dealster both found the back of the net. So there is, those young guys are still getting in there and getting the job done. So it's really good. It's really good to see. But it's just, it's just really tough. I mean. I, I don't know I don't know what we need to do to change because I mean we've tried different sets we've tried different lines it feels like but it's just not it's just there's just something missing and what that is I don't know I don't know what needs to change yeah
1: definitely I mean we got Bemidji State upcoming on Friday and Saturday and last year they were one of the few teams that we beat again, uh, that we beat so we'll see what happens there but I mean it, it's it's promising for this weekend, but we got Michigan Tech again, so it's going to be a, another tough bout of it, and then Minnesota State to basically close out our season. I just, I, hopefully we can get some wins at the end of the year, just so we can end on a positive note and get ready for next year, too, because I don't know how far we'll be able to get through the WCHA tournament, because since, I mean, all these teams in our, in our conference right now are just playing so well, uh, I it just seems like we're just kind of beating a dead horse by saying like there's positives in the season and there's positives on our team of what we've been able to do but it's just what 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 can we do to just push ourselves over the edge of starting to get, win hockey games
0: yeah it, it it's tough i mean in in this situation like we, we, sh- we can be a little bit thankful because, I mean, we've played more games than some other teams have, especially in, in um, conference games. Like, Lake State has only played, I believe, two games so far, which is kind of crazy to think because they just can't seem to find themselves on the ice. So, we're not in last as of now. Yeah, we, at least we're not last. We, we, we do have a point in the standings, so... Um, but it, it's just it's just tough. It really is. I mean, Bemidji is the the closest to us on the table, so that does give us a little bit of hope. Um, but I mean, yeah, when we're playing teams like Michigan Northern, and then you got Minnesota State, that's an absolute powerhouse. Bowling Green, which has got a really really good athletic program, it's it's tough to face those teams. And being in a being in kind of a slump that we are, it's really hard to get out of it when you have these kind of teams. Which mm-hmm. it was kind of nice to have try and come play us at that current time because that was really a nice scheme where we got to get the momentum shift back on their feet and try and got to have a little bit of a competition um, upgrade than they normally see. So it was kind of a win for both sides. But uh, anyway, we wish them the best of luck coming up. Obviously, we've got to play Tech again. But hey, we can make change just like the basketball team. We can figure it out the second time around. Mm-hmm. So that'd be nice. But, um, track and field was also in action last weekend. Um, I'm sure you guys were wondering why I didn't mention that being a, a track lead here, but, um, yeah, at come the G- on, Brandon, no, Repre- I'm sorry. represent I'm, a little bit, represent uh, a little hey, bit. we had a packed show on Monday, so we had, we had, we had to slide it into Wednesday, but it's here. But, um, we had, um, bulldog athletes in action at the bill Klinger classic over there at That's grand a, Valley. Say that
1: five times fast. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a tough one to say, but, um, definitely good to see, um, um indoor track starting up again i know me personally having a connection with the team and how long we've been waiting until competing it's really good to see them in action it it really was fun but um some notables um brett robertson sixth overall in the 60 meter hurdle final we're good to see brett back on his feet uh donis harris sixth overall in the 5k 1501 almost got into the 14th so it was a pretty impressive performance that's fast uh senior carissa sure 223 in the 800 meter got fourth overall in the meet. Um, freshman Claudia Wilkinson had a great debut in the high jump, third overall. And then um, Ken Reibschlingler, the a senior in shot women's shot put, she plays third. So really, really good, really good outing from our Bulldogs, and we wish them the best of luck at the GVSU Open, going back to Allendale. But now moving on into some football. Yes, I did. Just say football. I am aware there's snow outside, but we got some big news in Ferris State football today. Joe, what's happening? It's National Signing Day today. We have been
1: pretty fast about of how many people we've been signing. If you've been checking Ferris Twitter, if you've seen the Ferris Athletics website, we got a lot of good signings. We got some pretty uh, exciting and promising new guys that are going to be coming in to the uh, Crimson and Gold. So very exciting, Brandon. How many guys are what? Who's coming to Ferris?
0: So we've seen. I think it's been. Um, the the athletic Twitter page has kind of, kind of threw us a curveball because there's a lot of them that have um that have two um posts, so it definitely is a, a little bit confusing when you're trying to read it because it looks like we have 50 players already today, but realistically it's only like about 20 because I mean double the graphics to 25 or whatever, mm-hmm. but um some some notable names that we've seen so far. Um Cam Orr, a linebacker from New Lothrop, I believe was the first one that was signed this morning. Um Toby McPhee, defensive lineman from Bad X. Um got a, a lot of a lot of offensive defensive line guys, which is always a good thing to have, especially in depth. That includes Jarvis Wyndham, Blake Smithers, Lawrence Hatar, um some other some other guys as well. We got a kicker and a punter. Hey, punters are people too, baby. Mitchell <laughs> punters are people. Too. Mitchell Middleton from ironically Middleville, Michigan. How ironic is that? Uh, he signed as a uh, special teams guy. Um, couple um, uh, guy from Muskegon, Mona Shores. Um, Brody, Brady Rose, um, definitely. Um, Loading up on some former quarterbacks is definitely something because it looks looks like we we really look at quarterbacks, but sometimes when we get quarterbacks, they're playing other positions, which is kind of interesting that because, I mean, Brady Rose played, I believe it was he played quarterback a little bit at Mona Shores, but he signed as a slot receiver. So kind of a little interesting there. But Lots of wide receivers. um, McKee Matthews, um, one of them. Um, I believe there was also one from Florida. I'm trying to find his name right now, but um, we've definitely had some had some people from come from Florida and be successful. Amari um, Crowley was um, another one from Muskegon. Um, Jeremiah Housy was the one from Florida. He's from Rockledge, Florida. Um, they come in to play wide receiver. Um, couple quarterbacks, as usual, not surprised. Coach Anise likes to have his quarterbacks. Uh, Trinidad Chambliss from Grand Rapids signing his 6'1", 180-pound quarterback. Um, Walter Hernd- or Herndon, a defensive lineman. Um, Tyus Taylor, a quarterback from, I believe it's high, Highly Florida, um, down in the... I think it's more in the southern region. Um, I can double, I'll can have to double-check that. But lots of people come in to be Bulldogs, and it's really exciting to see. And if you want to know all the details and all of the analysis on our signings, you have to check out the Ferris Athletics Twitter um, at 2 p.m. I believe Coach Anissa and the coaching staff are having a press conference to announce all these signings and talk about them. So if you want to know more about them, check them out. And also, if you're not following us on Twitter and Instagram, what are you doing? Come on, man. Come Follow on. us At the MVSP, get all the news on the podcast and other news around fair sports and beyond. Because one thing we did post, Joe, was some breaking news yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in seven years, we're going to have NCAA College Football, the video game, back. What?
1: Let's go. Let's go. I am so excited. I saw it uh Come off like the uh, of the EA uh, EA Sports Twitter. I was very excited because if you remember when you're playing the game, nothing better than playing mascot mashup or uh, like Road to Heisman and stuff. It just the game was better than Madden. I feel like, and I don't know why because it's basically the same thing, but it just was way better. And I I'm really excited to see what they're gonna be able to do with the game, especially with. Um, Kind of the hoops they have to jump through if, like, they're going to use player likeness, if they're going to be kind of make them look the same or whatever, because there's still a lot of hoops, like I said, to jump through with kind of uh, with like the player likeness, if they're going to make money off the game, what they're going to be able to do, if they're going to do uh, what they did when the game was still out, when they're just going to be like QB number like 17 or something like that, where there's not names in the game, they kind of model it after the player, so it's kind of uh, you kind of can um kind of tell who you're playing as, but not like directly kind of reference those people in the game. But we'll see what happens. Brandon, what are your thoughts?
0: I, I'm stoked. I, I was never fortunate enough to own an NCAA football video game. Um, I had the Wii back growing oh, that's up. that's so tough. So I never had that opportunity to get NCAA football. But I had played it on some other with some other friends and even my brother on, on other consoles, and it was just a grand old time. I mean, I remember playing... The Classic 14 game, the last one to ever ever exist, it seems like for us in the last decade. But, um, with the Nard Robinson, that was like liquid cover. That's
1: that video game's like liquid gold, you that is valuable. Go, like, that you, is a
0: value. My
1: uh, sorry to cut you off, Brandon, but no, my brother, I, I know
0: exactly where you're going. My yeah, brother, this.
1: my brother sold, um, had to sell or sold the game because he was gonna get like a new console or whatever because his Xbox uh, 360 got the Red Ring of Death for those of you who got uh, had to suffer through that, like myself but he went to GameStop to sell the game and he sold it for like 95
0: bucks cuz it was that expensive. It's that valuable. It's that valuable right now? Yeah, it's it's absolutely nuts. It's like you almost we were everybody's been wanting this for so long. Yeah. Every every single time you watch college game day, there's always one person with a sign, bring, bring Matt, back bring the ES ESports fo- college football back. And it's it's super exciting. Um, I I checked the the EA Sports Twitter um, yesterday, and it was kind of a an interesting thing because they made a um, I believe they made um, the Twitter account back in December of 2020, which I thought was very interesting. But um, the the famous tweet, and I just I saw this, and I was just like, wow. For those who stopped believing, college football is coming back, and I was well, I was just like, wow. It's really happening. There's there was but. like
1: an Instagram page where it just like was uh, days without uh, NCAA college football, and it was just like guy a guy who would post clips of him playing it, and I think he got to like day from like the day from the day he made the account. I think it was like day like seven hundred, eight hundred, or something like over that. over two years. Over two years that since he's made the account and. You know, it's back so excited.
0: Yeah, it's it's so excited. They the, they said that they were blown away by the passion, and we look forward to sharing more information as the development progresses in the next couple of years. Classic EA. That brings the question. We're going to have college, NCAA college football, the video game, back. But the real question that we're all asking is when, when we're going to get it back. Because I think a lot of people were uh, initially you're thinking, oh, it's coming back we're going to have NCAA College Football 22 was basically the idea. Mm. We're going to have it next year or even the end of this year. I don't think that's the case because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting because you wonder how much of the – because they're going to take a lot of the aspects from the older games – it's not going to I don't think it's going to take as long. Obviously you're going to you're going to redevelop some things, you're going to change the you're going to upgrade mm-hmm. the graphics and even upgrade some of the game modes. That makes sense. But if you're going to take that same template, it's obviously like if you're if you're going to make something and you already have a template, it takes less time. Mm-hmm. So in this case that it'll come out in the next couple of years. But if they want to revamp the game and change it, it's going to be longer. It's going to I don't think they should change it, though. There's, like, too, there's too many game modes that that they had on the, the old games that I think people would just yeah. fall
1: in love with. I think what they need to do is, because we were talking about this like before we started recording, is they should make it close to, like, 14. Not as possible, but just kind of make it so it's similar to 14, see what the feedback is from everybody, and then improve it based on what that is. Because I don't want it to be just like Madden because I don't just be like, oh, you're buying two Madden football games just so you can play as college teams basically. And that's kind of the one thing that I don't really want to see particularly. No, we want to have difference. Yeah, we yeah. want to have like a difference of the game because if you know Madden lately it's just been a carbon copy of the game. They just change the they just change the the cover of the of the box that it comes in basically. Yeah. But I don't know. It's gonna they definitely have a lot of work to do surrounding um, I think it's the – I was reading an ESPN article, and it says, what will the current – like the debate around the name, the image of the player's likeliness and stuff impact like the making of the game and stuff? Right now, I feel like the main problem they're trying to figure out is using players' likeliness because in in NFL and kind of Madden, they – kind of negotiate with a players union. But with college there's no players union. You're correct. You're talking directly to the like the college, the administration and stuff like that to use that. So I don't know if they I don't know what kind of hoops they'd have to jump through or what kind of situations would arise from that, especially when they wanna they probably wanna get players in where they can Use their likeliness, maybe get some compensation for that because they don't want the universities probably to profit just off the players likeliness too much.
0: Yeah, and there that's been a situation that's gone on for a very, very long time about NCAA player likeliness and the compensation that could come with it. And it's really just a um I mean, a lot of people are saying like the college football is never gonna return as long as this will stay the same that there won't be there won't be compensation for likeliness and appearance Mm -hmm. and that's just been a like that's a tough thing because i mean like if you kind of think about it in the the depth detail like you're they're making money off of college athletes and it's kind of hard to say well wait shouldn't they get some of that back too
1: because you're making millions and millions
0: and when this game releases you definitely know that so many
1: i'm gonna buy it you're probably gonna buy it yeah that's at least two copies right there, and there's going to be millions and millions of more people that are going to buy it. so you're going to make so much money off this, and then the people who you are directly profiting off of aren't going to see a dime from it. So that's kind of, I think, the conversation that a lot of people are going to have now. But one thing that I was, I mean, not disappointed about, but it's definitely different. The game uh, from the article I was reading isn't going to be called NCAA football because there's a branding kind of contradiction mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's going to be called EA Sports College Football. So we're not going to have the iconic name of NCAA football, Mm fourteen or NCAA twenty twenty one. So
0: is that 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 makes the question: Are they jumping away from the hoop from NCAA now?
1: Yeah, are they going to try to make it so that they don't have to go through that? That
0: is going to make it interesting because then you're going to start talking about you're going to start talking about how is the NCAA going to take that? Is that saying that they are like EA is going directly against NCAA's code and saying okay, well if we're not going to if this is how the way it's going to be and you're going to stick with these ways. Then we're just not going to incorporate with you at all, especially with all of these all of these rights and policies going in with the trademark name yeah. and through the organization and things like they did in the past. But it's it's going to be because this this really gets um really gets interesting because of what's going on with the 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 name with going on with the the names and the likeliness and the the images and all of that for likeliness now with yeah. the new developments in the ncaa player um kind of case that's going on cuz that that's still going on like i mean we go back to the ed obannon at ucla when he sued the ncaa for that reason with the college basketball game back in i don't even know what year it was and that that went all the way up to the supreme court like that yeah. that that case and that that idea has gone all the way up the chain like this is this has been a thing that's gone along for a long time and now they've made the the changes with the the NLI how that's been processed and everything like th- this idea has developed for over the last 10 years and it continues yeah, to be been, brought
1: up every single year it's been going on for a lot of time and I mean, it's 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 something that I'm super excited for, obviously, yeah. we say, but uh, some kind of reactions from former college football players and kind of people who were excited for this. Joe Burrow, he was kind of frustrated because he said all he ever wanted uh, to be was on the cover of this game, and as soon as I graduate, they bring it back. So he's kind of frustrated that he's not going to be on the cover. Which, I would be. I mean, I would have loved to see him on the cover, especially with... I mean, kind of when LSU won the championship and stuff. And then Kyler Murray said, put a real one on the cover. But I don't know if they will because he it's been years since he had been in the game. Guy Fieri uh, said, put him on the cover. Um, <laughs> it's in the game. Uh, his tweet said, and it said, Flavortown U. So, oh, my God. Um I would love to see
0: Guy Fieri on the cover yeah, of NCAA been, football. Yeah, Put um, him in a helmet, too. Yeah,
1: Josh Dobbs from the Steelers, he said, would have been nice for NCAA 16. Um, I agree. I wish that it just kept on going because it would have been something else. Um, and then Clemson football shared a video of uh, Dabo Sweeney dancing in the locker room, saying, "Did someone say NCAA football is coming back?" So that's just a couple of reactions from from uh, players and universities that are excited for the game to be back.
0: Yeah, that that I think now the I think what's even more developed, obviously, like we can talk about the in-depth analysis of the likeliness and how the all all of these these bargaining agreements and compensation rules are going to go against each other with the EA and NCAA and even college av- like that the, the yeah. whole scheme of things we can talk about for a lot because that's such an in-depth discussion that has so many different elements to it. But I think the real question that's probably more debated and I think is way more fun to debate, who should be on the cover? I think that's going to be a really interesting mm-hmm. scenario because if they're going to rebrand it, like, the the fact is, is there, are they going to make it EA Sports College Football 21 or are they going to change it to, like, what almost um, – like Madden did back in 14, instead of making Madden 14, they come out with this idea of doing a generational schemed game, and they go out with Madden 25 on the 25th anniversary. Now, I'm not saying it's like NCAA's anniversary or whatever. I believe the video game was made back in, I want to say it was right around 2000... Ninety three, actually, well, earlier than I thought. Maybe I was thinking of basketball when it came out. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety three, the Bill Walsh College Football Game—that <laughs> was what <laughs> it was called. It was—it was a really interesting. I believe it was almost even on like Nintendo at that time. Like it—it it was just like the uh, even like the OG Microsoft and Windows platforms. Like mm-hmm. it was that old. But it started back in nineteen ninety three. So if they wanted to delay it to 2003 or 2003 whoa where am i at 2023 then now you're talking 30 years so are you going to make that sort of like a generational game if that's your timeline or are they going to go back to the old track because then if you have it what i'm getting to is if you make it the generational type of game oh now you can bring multiple faces that have been missed like joe burrow Mm -hmm. like kyler murray like Baker Mayfield, if you want to, maybe some of these former Heisman Trophy winners like Devontae Smith. Put those guys on the cover and make it more of a generational game to bring it all back in the a grand scheme, grand opening of the game kind of a thing. But it, it could be very interesting because especially when the game comes out, like these are all probably ideas that EA is considering right now. And with their timetable, it could be a while until we hear the answers. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I mean... Like you said, it's probably going to be a debate of who's going to be on the cover. I don't know. It's probably going to depend also when the game comes out because if it's years from now, then they'll probably have to choose different people because they're not going to put Trevor Lawrence or anybody, those guys on there. So that's one thing that uh, I'm looking forward to is to see... Mainly when the game is gonna come out and to see kind of like who the generational player, who like the popular players at the time, see if they'll put him on or if they'll do like a group uh group of cover athletes over like the past couple of years, if they'll pay tribute for like um like over the years all the good players and kind of have like all kind of on the cover too. But um one thing when this game when the announcement came out, it made me think, Brandon, of all the like the fun times I had in the game, my favorite modes. What were your favorite Things to do on the game, and what were your favorite game modes to play?
0: Oh, whenever, whenever I was fortunate enough to play the game, um, I would say um the the well, the road I, the, the road to the Heisman was always like a mode that I've always like. If I owned the game, that's what I wanted to play. Yeah, I've been like a a my career guy in two K and or Chell or like um and Madden like I that's always been kind of like my go to game mode. I really do think that. Um, I don't think this is really possible with college football if they brought something like an ultimate team because it'd be kind of really interesting to see if um, like you can build a team based off of other rosters. Like you can put, like you could put Trevor Lawrence and um, you could put Ch- Chuba yeah. Hubbard on the same team or something like that, or put Justin Fields with like some like, or you can even bring back generational players. Like you could have a, a vintage Tennessee running back, Alvin Kamara. On mm-hmm. on the game with somebody like even Tim Tebow, like if you brought the old yeah, players back, if they did that, that would be a very interesting development. That's going to take a lot. If if they want yeah, that in the game, that, it's going 20, to be twenty twenty four or whatever. It's yeah. going to be a long time. But I, I think that the uh, I I usually played the OG mode. I really did like the the mascot mashup mode. I think that was that was really, really fun. I think that was cool. It kind of sucked for the teams that didn't have a mascot, but it was still fun.
1: Yeah, like Michigan, I don't think we... Michigan wasn't able to play, which kind of sucked because I like to play. That was like my go-to team, especially when we were playing and stuff like Should that. Should Michigan
0: get a mascot?
1: Just for this? Just so you can play mascot yeah. mashup? Who did... Who, what mascot did you usually play?
0: Ooh. Uh, I know we discussed this before on a, on a I, another show.
1: I think we discussed best mascots. Yeah, I think we And then we, we did. brought up NCAA 14.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I usually played... Um, I, I know I played as um, Sparty a couple times, um, not by choice. in as a Michigan fan, it was not by choice. Um, I think I played I played a lot with. Um, I think <laughs> the Stanford tree was honestly pretty funny. Yeah, he to had play no with. arms. But, yeah, it was just like, well, how does this work? Um, I know I played a lot with the Clemson Tigers just cuz I was a little bit of a Clemson fan growing up just because I, yeah. I um I I think the um, the LSU Tiger as well like the I, I was just a fan of Tigers back then but um I think those are the the main two that I played with I know I dabbled with some other ones like the Stanford Tree was yeah. pretty uh, this, I think there was there a Syracuse Orange I think there yeah, was. Yeah I played as him a lot too yeah, like, a these ones were just they were just so weird and bizarre you just had to play with them Yeah I played
1: normally I would play with um, Pistol Pete from Oklahoma State just because mm. he had the huge head on him. Oh, yeah. And it was just fun to play. Or I'd play as, um, I'm trying to think. I played as the Army Black Knight or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, the Black Knights. I played as him because, like, it was just a cool, like, their uh, mascot was really cool. And then I played as the uh, Tar Heel, The uh, the. Oh. Is, it? is there a thing, a goat,
0: or is it a sheep? Ah, uh, it's a kind of... Or a ram, or something like that. Something like that. I think I it's more towards a ram.
1: I played as that uh, because I just thought the mascot was really cool. But, I mean, to bring up One thing that you just said, Brandon, that made me kind of think about it was what if they're going to bring, like, an ultimate team factor into it. Because I I don't know if that... I just don't know if that would be... That would be like, nuts. It would be nuts, but I don't know if, like, you want to do that just so that like, you can have some differentiation between... Madden NCAA football
0: yeah I I think that that's gonna be probably left out because of, that would make it that would be an easy difference between that and Madden and it would probably I don't think people would be upset about it would, yeah. it, would they absolutely the, love like, it if that yeah. was a case yes but how much time I think some other people are saying okay you're bringing the game back you don't have to create all these other modes. If you come out with the classic with these year's rosters, we're going to buy it. Yeah. If you make it next year, I think that's more the priority. Yeah. I, and, and also, a Tar Heel is Ram. I just looked it up to make sure it is Ram.
1: Cool beans. Yeah. The longest time. Side note: I thought it meant their mascot was where You had tar on your heel when I was little. <laughs> like that's what I thought it was. No, there's a but. lot
0: more. There's a lot more history behind them. Yeah. But yeah, his yeah. name is um Ramses the Ram. Ramses. Ramses. Rams. It sounds like a like a greek goddess or greek, greek god, god kind of names Ramses. Ramses, it's kind of like a mythical name yeah but it definitely definitely looks different um because i know they they did like they have the, the 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 ram like mascot that they have at like basketball games and stuff and then i remember they had like an actual ram and they put like a little hat that had horns on it and i was, <laughs> I was like what what are they? like they've, they've tried multiple different things which is kind yeah. of funny
1: Yeah, but uh, nonetheless, we are both very excited for this game. It's definitely going to be a lot of tension, especially for the next couple of years, if that's the case for when the game comes out. But you definitely know when fans get to be back for college uh, game day, there's going to be so many signs that say, like, we did it, and college football is finally coming back. (laughs) We did it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Hey, look at us. But staying kind of in the college realm, we got college basketball. We didn't talk about it too much Monday because we had Barrett and Travis on the show, so we want to talk a little bit about football. But unless we had a pretty eventful week uh, last week, um, some good Big Ten action and just some good action uh, throughout the whole uh, the whole nation as well. Um, but I mean, to start off, it was yesterday. Michigan State played Iowa. It was a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be. It was be. close. For I thought it was going to be a blow,
0: to be honest. But Iowa beats Michigan State eighty-four to seventy-eight shucks just barely they almost had them they really they really did there was 7 minutes to go and they were only down one like they were in this basketball game and it was it's really tough to to see it end that way because i mean as, of course as michigan fans we want to see we want to see iowa go down because we want to take over that top spot but yeah like this game was back and forth for the longest time and it was just very interesting cuz they like it like if you look at the way the game was going on like they, they it was still like, it was two points with 12 minutes to go. That was the, the I believe, the um, the time where Michigan State had the highest win probability. I believe it was like 57% or something like yeah. that. Um, I think there was a little bit um, earlier in the game when Michigan State was up. They were up by like 11 in the first half. But, like, this game was pretty... Like, this was a game where it was like, okay, Michigan State looks a little bit more like themselves. But it's definite... I've heard a lot of things about... Um, who's been playing, who's been getting more minutes, that sort of thing, like, everything's going. Like, Rocket Watts is now off the bench, so that's been definitely yeah, he a hasn't, change.
1: I was going to say, because he hasn't really been playing as well as he normally is. He still gets a lot of minutes. He's still got 22 minutes, yeah. but coming he's, he's off the bench... He's changed roles, yeah. Yeah, coming off the bench, is a huge change from last year when him and Cassius were kind of the one-two punch that we were able to see, and kind of when uh, later on in the season, when they were kind of solidifying themselves as kind of being able to go far in the tournament, and then it got canceled, but nonetheless, speaking of the tournament, it's coming up soon and that's what I'm excited for because we got the selection showing all about that stuff but Ooh, go back to the game March Madness yeah Luca Garza dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. once
1: again I mean he just took over 27 points 12 rebounds 2 assists he just did what he did, what he usually does and he just produced uh, some pretty good numbers
0: yeah the, the thing that really gets me about Michigan State is how the rotations go is really kind of strange because I mean you got like Marcus Bingham who I think is honestly a pretty good player Um, he fouled out yesterday, or yesterday but like you would think like, oh, it's probably going to go to, it's probably going to go to Marble or somebody. But then there was other guys that came in, like Kithier and Hall that came in also in a rotation. It was just kind of like, it almost like you look at it and it's almost kind of like every time you go, you look at the game, it's like there's a, there's like a different lineup. Yeah. And it's like kind of weird. And then there's times where it's like a five, almost like a near it's classic. All right. One, two, three, four, five in. And you're like, what? This is so weird. Like it. It's just a really the 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 way that this team is different than other teams just kind of makes it that much more like mm-hmm. confusing especially for putting the pin to the point why they're so struggling this year in 8 and 7. But mm-hmm. I, I don't really I don't really know. I'm trying to fig, I I want to like tell Michigan State fans this is what you need to do to fix it and I don't really know exactly what that is. I think really the thing that's kind of been like there's been times where there's been a lot of guys that have come in and then they just not done well in their minutes. Mm-hmm. I know, like, um, Kithier, he's had a lot of potential, but the dude gets so many fouls and just doesn't have as great defensive presence as some of the other guys, and that's been a little bit of a problem. And it's just kind of, especially when you're going up against a team that's really physical like Iowa with Luka Garza and the some of their other guys down low. Like, it's definitely a tough task, you could say. And I'd, I really don't know what I don't really know what they they need to do. Because, I mean, when you look at, like, Iowa, this game was a sh- little bit of a struggle for them. McCaffrey didn't shoot very well. Wieskamp didn't shoot like he normally does. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a prime game Michigan State could have won, and they still fell by six. I don't know what they need to do to get on top, but I there's got to be some sort of change yeah. coming. Because, I mean, Garza put up his numbers, but when other people outside of him don't get his numbers, like, Garza's not going to win the game by himself.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think it's mainly, I mean, we've been seeing it all year with the absence of, uh, like, a Xavier Tillman-type player when you don't have a big force down in the paint, you're not, because especially with Luka Garza being there, if Xavier Tillman was there, I don't think you would have seen those numbers from him. Oh, no, um, we saw saw
0: him clamp down a little bit on Garza last time those two faced off.
1: Yeah, because he's able to really be a dominant force down low, and I think that's what they're really missing this year um, is just kind of, uh, and especially Cassius Winston too, having a very commanding presence on the floor, and then being able to combine combination with that of you know when Rocket Watts played last year, and then also uh, Xavier Tillman was able to kind of command down low as well. But uh, another game that I thought was pretty good to see was Baylor versus Texas. Baylor making a strong case of why they should be number one, able to knock off number six Texas, 83 to 69. I mean, Baylor just took care of business. Two guys over 20 points and then kind of spread the love a little bit with points all throughout the whole game. Uh Davey Mitchell 27, Jared Butler 21. Texas just couldn't keep up.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at Baylor, like they're just so fundamentally solid, it's hard to beat them. And it's really hard to beat them and they're like they they led by 15 at one point in this game. They ended up winning by 14. Like the like Texas had a one a short lead I think early on but I mean the this is the crazy part like Baylor was Baylor's a pretty physical team like they had they had 18 fouls in this game like they they had points where they were just pushing longhorns around left and right and that like Baylor's generally been a t- pretty tough team and I mean the way that they play is just like wow this team is very good and they they do a really good job of really being they they really kind of shut out the the physical presence and they try to make teams pl- mm-hmm. outplay them outside and um Texas they tell their own a little bit they went 10 of 22 from 3 and Baylor also shot really well from 3 I believe they were 11 for 21 like both teams shot really well but Texas could not sink a stinking free throw and that's really what hurt them the most cuz i mean they had 18 fouls like you knew that Baylor was going to be a team that you can go after and you're gonna ha- like you're gonna go up against Baylor. You're gonna expect con- like you're gonna expect to play a pretty physical game because that's mm-hmm. just the way Baylor plays because they're just a fundamentally sound basketball team. But the fact is like you had a chance to go in and like you were at home. You had an opportunity to beat the number two team in the country, and you got those opportunities with free points, and they just they couldn't sink them, and that's really what hurt them in the end of this game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you got. And the thing that kind of irks me a little bit is I don't think the committee really gives Baylor enough credit. So I think Baylor should be number 1, especially with the with the record and with the the wrap sheet of who they played so far. They've played I mean Gonzaga, they've played a couple of ranked opponents in the start of the year, but I think the next 6 games and the last 10 games, I think they're 16 to close out 16 games to close out the season. They don't play a ranked opponent. Baylor I think plays I think they've played close to five or six ranked opponents so far this year. And then in the next Like seven games, they have one. They have Oklahoma, who's ranked, Texas Tech, who's ranked, West Virginia back to back, and then they have, um, Kansas to close out the year. Mm -hmm. So they have a much tougher record. So if they're able to close out this undefeated or just get out of there with maybe one loss, I think that they should deserve to be the number one overall team. But Gonzaga, I feel like, um, not fraudulent because they're obviously extremely good basketball team. I just feel like Baylor's getting a little bit snubbed. But speaking of Gonzaga, uh, they played a little bit earlier in the week uh, last week. They played Pepperdine, a pretty easy win, ninety-seven to seventy-five. Not, yeah, no, not too much to talk about. Yeah,
0: there, no, there, there really wasn't anything that Pepperdine was going to do to beat that team. But it's it's definitely um, when you brought up the conference thing, I think that's a really fair argument. I think that when you look at. Um, you look at the Big Twelve. I think there's there's a lot more. There's five there's five or six ranked opponent or ranked teams in there. Yeah, in like the they 12. they have a lot uh, a much more. Um, uh, I think it would be more of a. I don't want to say necessarily just tough, but like they like they they played gritty games. Like they they've straight up played some pretty gritty games against some good teams, and they've came out on top. I think what sets Gonzaga apart, um, like because the West Coast Conference, like that's it's not like the they're probably their their biggest i I don't even want to say like their biggest rival in that conference might be byu and then you all you got to throw in like saint mary's who's made a miraculous run in the conference tournament and they end up in the in the 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 brackets over the last couple like we when you ever fill out your brackets you're like oh where's saint mary's like they they somehow sneak out of that division out behind gonzaga and I think it's just kind of interesting because, like Gonzaga, like you bring up a great point. Like they're they're not necessarily playing the same caliber teams. I think what just sets them apart all the time is it's always just they find a way to be so efficient in their wins that it just puts the committee just blows them away because I mean the fact is is they're one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country and they've been Mm -hmm. one of the most efficient offensive programs in the last decade like easily because they're I mean they they do such a great job scoring the basketball and really what's like kept them out of winning national championships is sometimes when they don't hit and their defense doesn't take care of it one game Sits them down, like when they, like they, they, like you look at the, you look at their schedule, like they played Kansas, they put one hundred two on Kansas, eighty seven on West Virginia, who was ranked at the time. Um, they were supposed to play Baylor, actually, that got canceled. So you wonder if I that... think I think
1: Baylor could have could have beat could have beat them at that point. Yeah, so I, I
0: I believe it was at he was going to be at Gonzaga, which would have made it even more, or no, it would have been at Baylor. I think it was really. I think so. Like that's. That is right there. What tells you like that could have made it change, but then they go play. Um, they put put up ninety nine on Iowa, who was red hot at the time, by the way. Um, they then they've had a h- couple hundred point games against some iffier opponents. They beat Virginia and scored ninety eight. Like they're the one of the most efficient offensive teams in basketball, and they've really done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And especially with their program, but I think what really gets them. Like not as much credit is the fact that they're in the West Coast Conference. Like they don't yeah, have they as don't much have. competition, so they roll over some teams. Like they played Pepperdine, beat them by twenty two. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've abs- Like the the closest game that they've had in the conference was actually against St. Mary's. It was seventy three to fifty nine. Yeah, which that still technically classifies a blowout. So it's definitely an interesting thing to think about because like if you if you were looking at March Madness, Gonzaga is going to be considered one of the teams you could p- take all the way, especially if you're going towards chalk. Like that's going to be a team that you would throw in there because if they're on they're on their offensive efficient ways, like their mm-hmm. program's built on, they can they've made it so far, and that's the reason why. But yeah, it's definitely interesting because like Baylor can is a fundamentally good team, and they they have shown that they can beat the best. They've already beat some of the best teams in the nation. They beat Texas last night. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see when March Madness comes around. Because really, like, teams got a month to get it together, and then we're going to be in Indy.
1: Yeah, it's in going to be, old fashioned March gonna Madness. be the, the biggest stage in college basketball it's going to be coming up soon. But back to some Big Ten action, Wisconsin versus Penn State. Wisconsin still stays number 19, 72-56. That was a pretty good game to watch. Um, you know, just... Penn State, they have kind of had a little bit of a lackluster year so far, and I mean Wisconsin, they've just been kind of middle of the pack, 14 and five so far. They've been they've been playing pretty well, but they've solidified themselves in the bracket so far. So. Yeah,
0: losing Lamar Stevens. It- he was taking Penn State to great places when he was there that that Mm -hmm. was the reason they were so well and I think they're starting to realize like oh yeah we got to build this team camaraderie and they were playing a tough Wisconsin's always one of those teams that you have to be you got to be careful because like they're always they might not be ranked on the outside looking in 20s they were 19 in this game but they play better than that in a lot in a lot of these games and I think like this is the thing that boggles me about Wisconsin is like there are nights where they just can't shoot the basketball and they still beat you by... Like, literally in this game, they shot, I believe it was 48%. Okay, they shot 50% from three, but there were times that they just could not hit. Like, they're like... No. Davison had a struggling night. He was three for 10. Like, there's times where, like, guys like Davison, they don't they don't score, but they still impact the game so much. Like, he had seven rebounds in this game. Like that, Like, Penn State... They they could they could not figure out a way to get rebounds against Wisconsin. Like it was it was a tough night for them, and I think that's that just shows you the reasoning like why Wisconsin's always been a team that all these basketball heads are talking about because like they fundamentally f- they like the the, the the definition of Wisconsin's basketball team is they find ways to win mm-hmm. and like they they figure out how to win games and I mean Penn State just kind of. I, it, it's hard to say a lot of positive things about Penn State the way their season's been because they had a lot more upside looking and they I mean they shot pretty porous last night and they they didn't they didn't play well and that's why they lost by 16. But mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to go from being a sleeper in the Big Ten or Big Ten tournament with Lamar Stevens and now you're you're looking at this younger team and it's not the same.
1: Yeah, definitely. And another game in the Big Ten that happened yesterday, Illinois was for Indiana. Illinois, same thing as Wisconsin. They're just staying in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. I don't think they have a chance to win the whole thing because they're twelve and five right now. They had a little bit of a, a cold spell in the middle. I think they're finally starting to kind of pick it up again. But seventy-five to seventy-one, it was still a close game. Indiana really did put on a show for for the Fighting Illini. Uh, but Brand, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah,
0: Trace Jackson Davis is definitely a guy you want to watch, especially in tournament time. I mean, the he's one of the most dynamic. I I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a center. I'd call him more of an athletic stretch four, stretch five. He's not like your typical center. Like he's not like a, uh, who could I throw? Like if you look at the other side in Illinois and you look at Kofi Coburn, that's kind of the guy you're like, yeah, big guy, boards, low post points. That's that's your definition of like stereotypical yeah. center. If you if you were a bas- if you you know basketball, and that's like he's the kind of the, that more of a guy. Like sixteen points, ten boards. And that statistic, that shows you kind of what he does. But when you look at a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, like he can play out in the perimeter, he can shoot. And, I mean, like there's he impacts the game a lot because, I mean, he played 40 minutes. He played the entire game for Indiana. That's just, they they want him on the floor. And I think, like, Illinois, like, they were such a good team. And I think this really comes to attest to them, and I know probably Illinois fans, some may agree with this, some, some may hate me for saying it, but it really kind of is the truth. They get streaky. I think that's yeah. one of the fair things is, like, there's like when they're hot, they're one of the best teams in the nation. And that's when they showed us. Yeah, like when they were on their big run at the beginning of the yeah. season. Well, we can see. we could can, not be stopped. We can
1: see right now because they were on, the, like you said, the big run, cold spell, and now they're kind of starting to go a little bit. Exactly, yeah. And that begs the question, are they going to hit a cold spell right – are they streaking at the right time right now? Uh, exactly. Because they already have it locked in that they're going to be in the tournament, no doubt. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. So – Is streaking right now, I mean, you can't really control when you get hot and when you go cold. Like, it's kind of just more of a a mental thing, and then, like, it just kind of piles on top of each other. But kind of going by the season so far, are they going to go cold right when the tournament starts? Or can they kind of break the pattern and keep it going all throughout the tournament? Because if not, then they're going to probably see an early leave to the tournament. Or they could surprise a lot of people and be a sleeper team when they come through
0: yeah streaky teams going into tournaments necessarily are always teams that you put on upset mm-hmm. alert and it's that's, always that's it's, that's why gonzagas not been like they they should theoretically when you look at their efficiency ratings and their pace and how they play the game of basketball statistically they're a team that you should put in the final 4 every single year Oh yeah, and have they made it that far every year? Sometimes, no. Sometimes close. Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Last and,
1: time was when Michigan beat them, right? Or is that when Michigan played them to go to the? Or was that in the Elite Eight? I think when, that
0: was the Elite Eight. I was gonna I say know, so I, I know he, we beat I know we beat them in the tournament when yeah. uh, Mo Wagner was here. Yeah, because we played good Michigan. defense that day. And <laughs> yeah, that, we did. That's that's how we and our and our offense took care of business on the other side. So it was definitely it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how Illinois reacts, especially once we come closer to March, see how they adjust if they're gonna be on that hot streak or if they're not. Mm-hmm. And cause I mean like we've seen like Michi- like Michigan, for example, big t- like later years, Big Ten tournament. That's where we've figured out how to peak. And that's how we make runs in the Big Ten tournament and that NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But some other notice or notable games I should say. Um Kansas taking down Kansas State and that interstate rival. Isn't it crazy that we were talking about kansas being number 4 or 5 in the country and i, I don't want to be that guy but i mean i um it's they're fo- they're following the narrative that they've done before they've been a really good team and then they've dropped some bad games and for this sake they've dropped a lot of consecutive bad games in the realm oklahoma state oklahoma barely barely got out of against tcu and they scored less than 60 points in that game Like and then they lose to Tennessee. Like they they're starting to kind of follow that. I don't want to say they're following the Illinois pattern, but I think they're they're starting they're starting to show their their old true colors a little bit again, Mm -hmm. which I know Kansas fans would not want to see because the fact is they're a great team. But then there's just times where just they just don't seem like they're themselves. No, that just that just comes to bite them sometimes, and it's really it's. It's hard because you know how good of a program Kansas has been, and sometimes when they just drop those games, you know that that's just not them. Uh, Maryland upset Purdue um, 61-60. to I mean, you could call it an upset. You don't necessarily have to. I mean, you could. I mean, Purdue just got in the top 25 if you're a numbers guy. But, I mean, and theoretically, Purdue is a much better team, and yeah. it was good to see that. Um, West Virginia took down Iowa State 76-72. Um, Florida State and Boston College could not get on the floor. So... Unfortunate for them. Tennessee, though, this one was interesting. Fall or falls to Ole Miss, fifty-two to fifty. Talk about a defensive what? slugfest. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that is, is literally
1: like S- such a low score. That's I like when was it? Was it last year that Michigan had the game where they like only scored like?
0: I think they only scored like less than twenty points in the first half or something like that. Well, I know our Ferris Bulldogs did that, and they they got the dub. It was like against Tech. We did it twice. I, I, I think yeah, I know. That's... I remember the game when we played Texas Tech and it was a really low scoring game and then Texas just took off in the second half. Yeah. When that was in the tournament. But they were such. They, that team was the best, in my mind, the best defensive team in the nation was Texas Tech. Yeah. And I think that was for a good reason. Um, But <laughs> got to give credit to Ole Miss. Like, this game should not have been close for Ole Miss. Like, they should not. If you put them on paper, they should not be within range to take down Tennessee the fact is they played up to the competition and they beat them and despite not shooting well from three they still got it done got grit got boards got second chance points they did what they needed to do to win the game and you got to give them credit Mm because Tennessee was a tough team they are ranked 11 for a reason
1: yeah it was a a real scrappy game real scrappy I mean old heads of basketball you'd be pleased to see that game because it was defensive specialty but Brandon the main question is when is Michigan going to
0: come back Uh, I don't know my friend I don't know. I mean, with the new the new strain going around there, they're obviously going to take as much precaution as possible. But this is the funny thing: we we moved up in the the poll and we haven't played. It's just kind of funny that have. Yeah, that, we're
1: four right now. We're
0: four and four. Like that's that's so funny to me. I don't. It, it's kind of weird because you're like, why is a team that hasn't played moving up in the rankings? I and that's just a really good question because I think there's a lot of teams that have been high and that like Iowa. They were number three, I think, at one point. Now they've Slipped up a little bit and almost lost last night, and now that's why they're eight. So mm-hmm. I, I th- think
1: I think got to give them some. I think Michigan. I think said they're taking this week off, and then next week is also going to be up for question. I mm-hmm. think what I read was, and then I think two weeks from now is definitely when they're going to come back. But like the new strain, like you said, they definitely want to take as many precautions as possible because they don't really want to risk have risk one having the uh, the tournament shut down again. Or two having their season shut down because they uh, they didn't take the right protocols, so they didn't take the right um, precautions into the season.
0: Yeah, because I mean we want to see Michigan play, and they they're they're just such a it's you we want to see this team do really well, and we I mean we've been on such a good streak, and like obviously with the the virus coming and having to shut down the program for a little bit of time, it's been rough, and I know they've had some rescheduled games. Um, I think I, I think notably that the Michigan State game is up for question. I believe it is officially canceled, which was supposed to be I believe on the sixth. That would have been a really nice birthday present, of win over's party. But I guess it's just gonna have to wait till another time. Yeah, but, wait till next year. I mean, it's it's crazy because I mean I think a lot of people don't understand how great this team has been with Ken Palm's ratings in for offensive and defensive efficiency. There are only two teams in college basketball that are in top ten in each category. Michigan and who we think are the number one team in the country, Baylor. Those are the only two teams that are offensively and defensively as efficient as the best in the nation. Those are the two top teams. If you think about it, uh, I think Gonzaga is the number one offensive efficiency, but defensively sometimes they they drop like they 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 know they can outscore teams, and that's mm-hmm. how they win. Like they they'll if you look at a Gonzaga score sheet and you see a hundred to eighty you're not surprised. Like that's not, that's, yeah. that's just how they just
1: score. They just score baskets all the time. Yeah. It's
0: like, Oh, you guys want to score? Oh yeah. We'll just score back. And it's, 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 that's all good. It's even, but it's definitely, I think it's going to be, I really hope we get back. Cause I think with how other team, cause now we're starting to get into the idea around the college football playoff. Now is, are we going to get judged for not playing games like Ohio state did and get some sort of Dabo situation? I don't think that's going to happen. Cause I think teams know how good we are and we've shown that. But it's it gets into that conversation. It gets the water gets a little murky. So frankly, it's different. So I don't know. Yeah. I hope I hope that we get back. I hope we don't drop out of the top ten because I think we're still as good as some of those teams. And I don't want to. We should not. We should not get discredited for this situation. Yeah, for
1: an uncontrollable situation.
0: Yes, exactly. I I don't I, I I think we can make a good run when we come back. We just got to be we just got to be focused. Stay on, tr- stay on track, and see the light at the end of the tunnel because it is there. We're gonna, we're, yeah. we're, we're putting on hope. I don't want to say we're going to play again because, like, we should play again. But I don't want to jinx it. Can you knock on the door for me? Gotcha. like I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. But I, we want to see Michigan play again. That's what we want to see. Yeah, but definitely. It's gonna be interesting. But um, to close out the show, um, big topic over this week. Yeah, just, uh,
1: just a little thing. Just a little know? thing, yes. It's you know, on the back end of the show.
0: Super Bowl 55 is upon us, and we have our final chat before the game. It's going to be a great game, Chiefs and Bucks. I'm excited. I think this Super Bowl honestly has more potential than some of the years past Super Bowls. And to be completely honest, it's in my mind. And I think the, the, the comparison that you use um, a lot when we talked about this on Monday is perfect. It's really. The old generation against the new generation, and we absolutely mm-hmm. love to see it. Yeah, it's. I think it's.
1: There's The game's either going to go one or two ways. It's going to be. It, it, I'm going to say three ways. It's either going to be a really high scoring game, or I feel like it's going to be both teams under 20, because they're going to be able to lock each other down, and it's going to be up to the defense to figure it out. Because. For, for the Bucks, I feel like what they need to do is just make it so that Tyreek Hill doesn't get open space and can go down the field. Because Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball, basically pinpoint accuracy from anywhere on the field, as we've seen. And I think once they once they can figure that out, once they can shut that down then in the Bucks. But, like, Tom Brady, as we've seen in the Super Bowl, has passed, and anytime he gets in the playoffs, he's deadly. He's a guy who can just do, he deals when he's, when he's there. The Super Bowl is basically his home, and he's going for, what, seven? Seven for ten, gonna set a going, record. Or going something
0: for like seven that. for
1: ten, it's just crazy how how efficient he is in the in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be the one thing. It's just if Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he's won one already, but one doesn't compare to six. And that that type of experience, I feel like, is going to be the main the main difference of when it comes down to those crunch time crunch time plays.
0: Yeah. Also, when he was in his press conference and they asked him about how the situation is different, and he said. Yeah, this is one of the, this is one of the most different ones out of the nine times. What a subtle flex that you just threw to the media. Yeah, well, it's like, like, my my goodness.
1: I don't care. I don't care. What do you? I've been like he's like. Uh, yeah, I, I've been through I a mean, deflate gate that people have been trying to pin on me. I've been through a whole bunch of other stuff. Like it's no different. Like this yeah. is.
0: I'm still here. I've been here nine times, baby, and this one's definitely the most weird. Like, that was mm-hmm. just like, a, okay, really, Tom, really going to throw that out. There? I respect oh, it. I respect I, it. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you should say, all right, fine, let's game on already. Let's get to Sunday. But it's going to be really interesting. I know the halftime show's definitely been heating up a little bit. Apparently. Um, Isn't the weekend the halftime show? The weekend is on the halftime performance. He spent, it, yeah, he spent like $7, million $7 million. Of, his own, of his own money to make sure it's good. Yep, he wants to make sure that the fans get the most virtual cinema experience ever, quote-unquote. That's going to be... I'm honestly wondering what that's going to be more about. I'm obviously way more excited for the football game. But that, that to me, just makes it that much more of an interesting Super Bowl. And the fact that they're going to have some fans there, I think is great. And giving the, 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 healthcare, um, the healthcare people an opportunity to be there, I think is a really, really great gesture because the reality is a lot of them are the reason that we have sports right mm-hmm. now and we thank them. So... It's going to be a really interesting Super Bowl. I, if I think this game is going to come down to a couple things, I think it's going to be how Tom Brady's going to be. I think how Tom Brady's going to react to um, pressure and changing coverage is going to be different because there's been times where he's not thrown, um, he's not thrown the ball well against some more. Um, I w- I don't want to say like. I think. I think there's times where in more some,
1: experienced teams, I feel like. Yeah, you could say. like the
0: Chiefs know how to how to change it up, and I mean you got. Tyron Matthew that literally can play every position on the field. I think he's actually taken snaps at every single position on defense. He's even played D tackle. He, he was standing up and reading like a, like a read at the line of scrimmage, like some of those times. Like I think he has three three snaps at D tackle, and they were for special plays. But that just shows you how versatile he is, and how the fact that that Chiefs defense, like when you look at Tampa's defense, it's really set in stone. They're here to st- they're really here to stop the run. And covering the past, like that's like their front seven is we're gonna contain, and then the other four are kind of I don't want to say they're out on an island, but they're trusted to be able to do their job by themselves, and then they have to, have to back off or play cover four, or Tampa two, or whatever they. That's what they do. But like when, when the the Chiefs' defense they change a lot more, and they have a lot. of, They got some like I think like guys like Chris Jones don't get enough credit for what they do because they they pressure a lot and I think that's something that a lot of people miss about the Chiefs defense because obviously you look at their secondary and they're they're a fantastic team I mean I brought up Matthew and then you got shot Breeland like they got they've got guys that can cover really well so how they change up coverages they throw they throw Tom Brady into into pressure against a cover two cover three where you got you got safeties back there ball hawking that could lead in trouble and like the thing that alarms you if you're a Bucks fan like Green Bay's secondary, and their defense is not to the strength of the Chiefs. No, no chance. And I know that Tom made some of the decisions he did based on the situation. Like, oh, it's third down and 10. I'm going to throw deep. If I get picked, I get picked. Same as a punt, almost kind of a thing. But, like, when Tom Brady gets pressured, that's been statistically the best way to beat him. So, the fact is, they can put pressure on Tom Brady. And they can do make him like if if you can pressure him with your front four, maybe five, and you can have guys back there ball hawking, you're gonna have a chance because sometimes there are times where Tom Brady makes the the I don't wanna say like the he makes the right throw, but it's the readable throw. And I think the Chiefs know that and I think like you you don't want to you're not we're not discrediting Tom or anything, but like when you got seven guys back in coverage and you're getting pressured, mm-hmm. bad decisions will happen. So I think that's what the Chiefs need to do. And if you're the Bucks, you got to stop the playmakers. You yeah. got to stop. Travis Kelsey, you got to stop Tyreek Hill. You got to be able to contain the pass game because the the running game has beaten some teams, but it's it's going to be it's a nowhere,
1: much it's nowhere near their passing game when they're when they're dialed in. And yes. if they can just somehow disrupt that, then they're going to have a much greater yeah. chance.
0: If you can stop, if you're going to, I think I'm assuming they're going to play some hybrid hybrid zone man. I'm, I think they're probably going to th- even throw some double teams at Tyreek and Travis Kelsey because you got to neutralize those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be interesting. So I don't know. Necessarily, I think we're going to see a lot of Tampa Bay sitting back a little bit and not letting the big plays happen because, like, when you try to pressure Patrick Mahomes, he's actually better. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget about. So, I think that that's really we're going to see a little. We're going to see a lot of changing. I think we're going to see a lot of pressure from Mm -hmm. the Chiefs, and we're going to see a little bit less from the other side. But if you're both offenses, I mean, if if you're Tampa, control the tempo, make the Mm -hmm. right throws get the yards on the ground you're going to be in good chance and if the chiefs can but if the chiefs can make big plays then you're going yeah. to be trying to play catch up
1: I saw an I I was watching ESPN I forgot who the uh, person who was talking was but he was saying how as long as Tampa can pressure Mahomes without blitzing then they're going to be pretty set to yeah. have a, have a really good chance to yeah, win Yeah when the game. you bring
0: pressure against a team or when you put pressure on a team and you have seven guys in coverage it gets really hard to make yeah. the perfect As throw. Long,
1: yeah, just get the pocket collapsing down on him and force him outside. Even though there really isn't much of a difference of Patrick Mahomes throwing on one foot running across his body to compare to him just sitting back in the pocket. Yeah. At least getting him a little bit of pressure and making it so that he has to focus on a couple more things so that way uh, something goes down. But make, it,
0: make him run a little bit. He might be a little still nervous from yeah. that concussion. We're, not, we're, yeah, not saying he's Tom Brady's, yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's speed or anything like lightning, but... Yeah, just make a little bit, make a little bit uncomfortable at least. <laughs> Where's the Super Bowl at this year? Raymond James at Tampa. Really? So that makes it even more interesting. Tampa Bay at home. Will they be able to perform on their home turf, or will the Chiefs come in and spoil everything again? We'll have to find out yeah. on yeah. Sunday. CBS, six thirty. Be there or be square. <laughs> what? Like we-, we should we should have like a we should have done a top Super Bowl foods. That'd have been kind of a fun. Oh yeah, play. like a Super Bowl party food. Yeah. Okay. One one food one, that one you food. you have to have at your you, Super Bowl you party first. before you we end up. Okay. Face. My mine. Oh man, wings. Number one. Easy. Wings. Wings. I I mean I've I've notably done pizza a lot in the past, but I think I think wings
1: are just a salad because you can just have them out yeah. there. Yeah. Because like pizza, like you need to have a plate, but like wings, you can just grab one. And yeah. Wings and, and like, pizza. Number pizza, one and two. Pizza you have to commit to a whole slice. You can't just eat this, like two or three bites and then throw it away because that then people true. get mad that they brought pizza and then you need it. For me, I'd have to go like queso dip, like spicy queso nah.
0: dip. Chips and dip. Like my, uh, like we would make,
1: usually to the parties that we would go to, there's like a, there's like a chicken and cheese, like queso dip. So like it's like shredded chicken and like a oh. uh, spicy, spicy cheese dip and stuff. Oh, dude, it's so good. Wouldn't not go to a, uh, to a suitable party without it?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a there's a lot of good other good other foods back there. I know a lot of like um I know like my, my church does this as a chili cook off. I know chili's a really popular thing. I've never done the chili thing, but apparently like a lot of I'm people like huge
1: it. I'm not chili to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: I like chili especially this time of year, but I'm I'm not going to have it every single day like some people yeah. do. And it's just not it's just not me. But thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate your support and we appreciate everything that you give us on this podcast. And we appreciate you Aww. listening. And you can tell we appreciate you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> but anyway, if you haven't followed us on whatever platform you're listening on, subscribe, leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform. If you're from a, one of the other seven platforms, let us know. We want to hear the we want to hear the commitment people that are out there listening on those other platforms because we haven't heard a lot about those ones. Yeah, we gotta we got to hear how about that's about. But until next time, we'll see you later. Take care, everybody.